Produced by the iLab at WBUR Boston. Hey, Endless Thread listeners. We have something we wanted to share with you in between episodes. In our last story, Doom Jelly, we talked to Australian toxinologist Jamie Seymour about box jellyfish and the equal parts mysterious and terrible Irukandji syndrome. If you haven't listened to that yet, get on it. But there was a part of our conversation with Jamie that didn't quite fit into that episode. It was about his relationship with the famous conservationist and TV personality Steve Irwin, a.k.a. the Crocodile Hunter. Irwin died suddenly in 2006. He was filming a documentary for the Discovery Channel off the coast of Australia when a stingray attacked him, piercing his heart with its tail barb. He was 44 years old. Now, stingrays are generally known as passive, harmless animals, so some were quick to assume that Irwin must have acted irresponsibly or threatened the ray in some way. Jamie Seymour disputes that narrative, and he would know, because he was there when Steve Irwin died. Jamie told Ben more about the incident. Take a listen. Yeah, that's uh, not, not one of the highlights of my life. But yeah, I was in charge on the back desk, deck when we, lost, when we lost Steve, unfortunately. Anniversary of that death was uh, about a week ago, sort of uh, one day after my son's birthday. So yeah, yeah, something that comes back to me every single year. What would you say to you know, people who criticized him at the time for the way that he passed away? Look, the short answer to that is they weren't there and they didn't know what happened. Um, and, and there were a number of experts that came out going, well, he should have done that. He should have done that. They weren't there. And, uh, you know, one of the things we talked about was, you know, well, where we were, we were out there chasing tiger sharks, um, in this one particular spot and the sharks are there because they're feeding on, um, stingrays. And one of the things that, that Steve and I had been talking about was going, okay, if we're working with stingrays, what do we need to be worried about? And I said, well, look, it's not the venom per se from these guys. It's the spine on the back. Yes, it's coated with venom cells, but it's the, the structural damage that that spine will do. Um, so you need to be careful about what's going on. And Steve at that stage said, well, well maybe I should dive in one of these chainmail mesh suits. And I went, look, I wouldn't. Um, and my reasons for that, because if you end up with um, a, a, an injury or if you uh, end up with a hole in your um, buoyancy inflator, uh, we can't get you off the bottom because you're negatively buoyant and you're going to sink like a stone. And we went, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I said, look, things you need to be careful of, but, you know, don't corral the animal up into a corner um, you know, and just be gentle with them. And yep, no problems at all. One of the things that we didn't discuss, and, and you can only tell people so much things in, in so much of the time is, is one of the things you've got to be careful of is these animals are there and they're hiding from sharks. So basically when a big shark comes over the top of them, all they see is this big you know, image over the top and bang and away they go. The issues that seem to have occurred with Steve is he's coming from the back end, the sun over his shoulder. And what you've then got is the shadow has hit the ray. It's thought it's a big shark, bang, and it's all over. So it's not, you know, there were so many people that came out and said, oh, Steve was upsetting the ray, he was pushing in a corner. No, he wasn't. You weren't there, you didn't see it. It was just a really bad accident. If you'd have been, you know, five feet one side or coming from another direction or the sun had been somewhere else, wouldn't have happened. But it was one of the things that I just hadn't discussed with him. And, it, you know, looking back now, it was like, whoops, that was probably something we should have talked about. But right. we talked about everything else, like, you know, don't harass the animals, don't put them into a corner. And by and large, these things are referred to as pussycats of the ocean. You know, right. they're not an issue. But just under some circumstances, it goes wrong. Did he have an influence on your work? 
Yeah, Steve. Steve has an or had an influence on everybody. Um, it, it's interesting when I first met him. You know, obviously many many years ago, they asked me to work with him, and I went, Look, "Why do I want to work with Steve Irwin?" Yeah, you watch him on the TV, and it's like, really, he just does everything that a good quality scientist doesn't really want to be seen doing. And I remember saying this to Steve one day. He's going, "Yeah, you know, Steve goes, Jamie, you you you're not really in tune with me here." And I just went. Steve, look, I've got to be honest with you. I've, you know, sort of, I've seen you on television and stuff, and look, you, you just come across as an idiot. And he went, oh. And I said, well, look, you do realise that there's a drinking game that when we, you know, then when you watch the Crocodile Hunter, every time you do something quote stupid, you got to scull a beer. And he went, really? And I said, yeah. And you cannot get through a fifty-minute episode without being shattered and drunk at the end of it. And he thought that was quite funny, and he said, do you actually watch my shows? And I went, Steve, I don't. And he said, you've never watched them? I said, look, I watched them for a couple of minutes. And then, and he said, why did you watch them? And I said, well, to be honest, I see you do something stupid. And then it's like, yeah, right. Told you he was going to get bitten or stung or whatever. And he said, gotcha. And I went, what? And he said, what do you remember me for apart from that? And I think everybody remembers Steve Irwin for the catch craze, Crocs rule, save the Crocs. And I went, yeah. And he said, I've got you. While I've got you there watching me doing those things, I can subliminally put this into your brain and it's going to stick. He's absolutely right. He was prepared to sell himself for the sake of the animals. And that was the thing that really sticks in my mind as he fought for every animal on the planet. Didn't care whether he came out looking like, a, like an idiot at the back end of it, as long as it helped the animals on the planet. And, and that's something we should remember him for. Jamie Seymour, thank you very much for talking with us. My pleasure. Jamie Seymour is an associate professor at James Cook University in Queensland, Australia. Ben and I will be back with a new episode on Friday. Hi, I'm Willa Paskin, the host of Dakota Ring, Slate's podcast about cracking cultural mysteries. On Dakota Ring, we dive down rabbit holes and obsessively explore questions hiding in plain sight. Like, why has slow dancing gone out of style? And when did we all become obsessed with hydration? And where did the word mullet, you know, to describe a hairstyle, come from? That's Dakota Ring, named one of the best podcasts of 2023 by The New York Times. Listen to new episodes every two weeks and make sure to follow us so you never miss one.